1: Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or
0: its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community
1: leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's
2: own Jesse Gastan. To welcome you to another monday edition of lifeline glad to have you with us this day a very si- shiny day sunny day for us here in the bay area but a bit nippy, I might say. A little chilly it was this morning. Then the sun uh, really did smile on us from around 10 o'clock to about uh, maybe three or four. But now it's starting to get chilly again. So I do want to encourage you that we are still in our kind of... a. Uh, winter weather, fall winter weather, moving towards spring, but be careful out there. It's a little bit chilly, and so uh, wear the appropriate clothing. Make sure you're not out too late. Get back in so that you can obtain adequate nourishment by eating and then adequate rest after meditating upon God's Word, which is what we're going to do right now as a kind of context for some of the things I want to talk to you about today on this 23rd day of January 2023. Amazing, isn't it, that we are still alive after so many years um, and God has been good to us. Though we have many, many challenges yield yet and still to occur in front of us, he will deliver us out of them all. As the psalmist says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of all of them. In one way or another, he will either deliver us from those trials, he will deliver us in those trials, he will deliver us through those trials, and he will deliver us beyond those trials if we are trusting him. If we are those of whom you heard in the previous commercial by Pastor John MacArthur, are those whom God promises that they shall never perish. He promises that in his long suffering towards us, that we will all ultimately, by his grace, come to repentance and faith in his darling son, Jesus Christ, and find redemption of sins unto eternal life, even in the midst of a crazy world like ours today. I want to read a portion of scripture to you. And it's going to be in the context of which Peter is speaking in 2 Peter chapter 2 of false prophets. And, of course, I want to make some application to where you and I are today because the principles are the same, whether it is uh, religious false prophets or secular false prophets or, or governments or institutions, whatever the case may be, when someone gives you a promise or sets forth an idea, Um, that is asserting certain supposed realities and they don't come to pass, then they are false. They are false prophets. Peter says this in warning the the people of God concerning the culture in which he lived. He said, but there were false prophets, chapter two, verse one, also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. There's your parallelism as it was in the first century. And Peter, of course, was talking to the early church, largely Gentiles, but some uh largely Jews, but some Gentiles in that first century, probably around A.D. 55, 80, 60 is when this epistle was written. Uh, but he was speaking of the false prophets in the Tanakh, in the Torah, in the, uh, in the Old Testament. That would be Jeremiah, Isaiah, and others. This would have been hundreds of years, almost thousands of years before Peter's time. But he says, as it was in their time, so it would have been in Peter's time. And ladies and gentlemen, because Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun, it's true with us today, albeit very much more difficult in terms of being able to identify false prophets and false teachers in their prognostication. Peter says that and many will follow their pernicious ways, their wicked ways, and by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And Peter deals with a lot of examples. And then he says over in verse 18 Verse 19, while they promise you liberty, this is what false prophets always do, they always promise you freedom, always promise you liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. Peter has already used the analogy of them being corrupted by money, corrupted by power, corrupted by authority, corrupted by perverse behavior, corrupted by false doctrine. While they themselves promise you freedom, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would make an application to our own nation today, our own leaders. Uh, The world is promising you freedom. But because the world has not submitted to the crown rights of Christ, they themselves are servants of corruption. Now, James said over in James chapter four, you can chapter three, rather you cannot get sweet water out of a, a salty fountain. So while they may promise you liberty. If, in fact, they themselves are servants of corruption. Here's what Peter says. This is going to be sort of the theological exercise over all of the practical political things I'm going to talk to you about today. Peter says, while they promise you liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption for of whom a man or by whom a man is overcome. That's the idea of power dominating of whom or by whom a man is overcome. The same is brought into here's the word bondage. So they utilize a false freedom, a false liberty to overcome you, that is to control you. And then to bring you into bondage. That's what I want to talk to you t- about today in relationship to this false notion of uh, uh, diversity and this false notion of equity and this false notion of inclusion and this false notion of wokeness and this false notion, notion, again, of, of equality. Our world has been talking about freedom and liberty and equality, freedom, liberty and equality and, and social justice, etc. cetera, for, for so many years, has it not? And when you look around and you think about our educational system, when you think about our economic system, when you think about our domestic circumstances, when you think about our uh, social, psychological and spiritual condition today, the last thing that men and women are walking in, in is the bountiful, bountiful, fruitful conditions of liberty. Most people are struggling with some form of bondage, some form of addiction, some form of psychosis, some form of neurosis, some form of um, of anxiety and and, and some form of depressive disorder. All of that is going on because while they promise you liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. And they warn that the net consequences of this kind of hypocrisy in their in their in their prognostications, in their proclamations, in their teachings is that for if after they have escaped men and women have escaped the pollutions of the world having escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ they are again entangled and overcome and the latter end is worse with them than the beginning and then peter uses his proverbs you've heard it before for it hath been it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than then after they have known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it happened to them as the Proverbs has written, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to its wallowing in the mire. Now, often this is descriptive of men and women who, who come to a church long ago It would be revival meeting. Some of you old folk know what I'm talking about. And the preacher would just bring us stirring message with all kinds of heat, all kinds of warning, all kinds of passion, all kinds of emotion, and the organ would be playing and folks would be appealed at the level of their emotions to come make a decision for Jesus and and be baptized in Jesus' name or whatever the case may be, and and only to find out later that there was no real substantial um, reality behind that emotional movement. And that was largely because of the men. And, in some cases, the women that were engaged in those activities were were themselves servants of corruption and slaves of certain kinds of bondages themselves, and were only using religion as a as a opiate of the people to draw the people in to acquire the money. <clears throat> but having actually no power or efficacy to help those people change their lives. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Many of you have been there. There are men and women that are walking the street right now under the same kind of crisis. They thought they were saved, but they came to end up realizing that they weren't. And a lot of people on the larger political, social level Thought that our government was going to save them, but it hasn't. Delivered them from crisis, but it hasn't. All it has done in regards to these types of pseudo savior agendas is to bring us into more and more and more bondage. Our uh, medical industry, the FDA and the CDC and, and others are saying that we need to give everybody statin. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but everybody needs statin. Young people, old people, everybody in between. Statin is going to be the solution to a problem that they are starting to experience. And I want to talk to you about that when we come back. Why would they give everyone or suggest that everyone starts taking statin? Little kids, adults. Now, some of y'all know what statin is. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 888 one Remember, while they promise you liberty, they are themselves the servants of corruption. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are indeed back. The time is 519 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you with us. Three lines open, one If you have a question, a burning issue that you have been thinking about for several weeks and that it's in accord with what we try to address here on this Monday program, you are certainly welcome to give us a call. And we'd love to hear from those of you who are new as well. We are in 2023. Arise, move and go. Do something a bit different, engage the thousands of listeners that follow us on Monday, um, as well as the rest of the week, uh, and give us a call, one 888 3675329. I have a powerful order, article that I want to read to you. Um, it just made all the sense in the world to me, as many of us are really trying to put a framework on what's going on in our world and certainly in our nation. And we could be specific with that too in terms of our government. Um, as you know, that's what I do relentlessly lay down an argument that our governments gradually and incrementally and at some point explicitly move away from biblical obedience. And anytime we depart from biblical obedience, I don't care what structure it is, we are asking ourselves to return again to bondage. The scriptures, Jesus said, will set you free. If you are my disciple, you will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will liberate you. The scriptures as interpreted in the light of the person and work of Jesus liberates us from all false authorities and when we obey them our lives will be largely blessed with the approval of God notwithstanding the disapproval of this world system you guys know that from listening to me for for years now and you and I are in a world that is moving quickly towards a massive, massive global tyrannical infrastructure that is Attempting to be comprehensive in its control over your life, I want you to hear Dr. Peter McCullough, MD. Uh, he is a cardiologist of the highest level, one of the highest peer-reviewed writers and and reviewers there is on the planet. They tried to shut him down when he exposed this whole COVID scam and by telling the world in Texas at the Senate that there are all kinds of healthy repurposed drugs that could help people get through it. Uh, as he had already done several hundreds of patients before COVID even really began to spread. And as you know, your media, which has been bought, hook, line and sinker by Big Pharma, basically squashed any notion that you and I could, upon getting or receiving COVID, catching COVID, if you want to use that metaphor, uh, would do any other thing but go to the hospital and wait for more horrific consequences to occur. And in many cases, as was the sad reality with folks in New Jersey. End up on uh, ventilators and then dying. This will one day prove to be a neo Nuremberg case scenario. But here's what Dr. Peter McCullough said as an as a narrative. I want you to think about it. Why large and highly effective organizations are inclined to tyranny? What a great title. Why large and highly effective organizations are inclined to tyranny. Now, tyranny means to control people without regard to ethics, without regard to morals, without regard to kindness, without regard to their human well-being. And he opens up by saying Tucker Carlson recently produced an episode on the masters of the universe who recently congregated in Davos. How many of you guys know what's going on in Davos for their annual conference to discuss how they're going to save mankind and planet Earth from mankind? How they're going to save mankind, planet Earth from mankind. Carlson and others pointed out that none of the purported leaders who gathered at the globalist summit seem very uh, impressive or competent. This is when you assess who, who 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 end up being in these places. Obama's been there, Biden's been there, the Clintons have been there, the Bushes have been there. Believe you me, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, others, of course, uh, Bill Gates, and uh, and many others have have been there and are there. And uh, the central figure in that place is Klaus Schwab. We've told you about him, even though. Some of you may be sticking your head in the sand. He still has his clutches in your life, as we shall see. The article goes on to say, moreover, many of their idealistic schemes for improving the world are laughably sophomoric, based on hypothetical models that fail to address complex reality. This is something I would want to insert into this commentary quickly. I don't know if you realize it, but What these eggheads often do is create computer models. They generate computer models of catastrophes. This is exactly what they did with the COVID outbreak as well. They, by a computer model, uh, a computer model estimated that there would be hundreds of millions of people that would die from COVID-19. And that became the impetus and drive for them to implement the kind of tyrannical policies that you and I experienced with shutdowns, prolonged shutdowns and and isolation and separations and and things of that nature. It It was worse in places like Canada. Uh, the UK, uh, Australia, etc., cetera. It was much more overtly um, tyrannical as many of you know the case was. But here, what was the laughable premise upon that was a faulty uh, simulated computer generalized uh, sort of speculation as to how bad the uh, virus would destroy people's lives. I think that's a really good analogy as to where we are with our government. It often creates hypotheses, theories and frames them as reality. And then predicated upon that framing, it's not reality at all, but they frame it that way. And then they begin to implement policies. And because we don't call them on it. We end up suffering the consequences of failed policies based upon a flawed premise rooted in synthetic, computerized, if you will, speculative uh, theories. Throughout history, many observers have marveled at how immensely powerful states and institutions are as they mature, often led by smug and arrogant men whose personalities or personal abilities are not commensurate with the great power they hold. Why is that? A likely explanation is the extreme effectiveness of organizations. So uh, McCullough's hypothesis here is that you can get a bunch of people who are not all that efficient and gifted at what they do if you were to challenge them in an isolated context, it would prove to be the case. They're not as learned as they appear. They're not as qualified as they say they are. And yet, if they have an organizational structure, they can prove to be very effective. A stupid and corrupt mediocrity at the helm of a powerful organization will always be more effective than a talented individual operating in the world by itself. Did you get that? Listen carefully what he said. A stupid and corrupt mediocrity at the helm of a powerful organization will always be more effective than a talented individual operating in the world by itself. Because the organization is so effective, it often lulls the mediocre leader into believing that he is the reason for its success. Can anyone say Anthony Fauci? And he therefore becomes arrogant and smug like when you speak against me, you are speaking against what? Science. Now, that's called arrogant. While while bad leadership may result in disastrous setbacks, they are likely to be temporary if the overall, overall organization remains intact. Likewise, the triumph of of talented individuals be, will be equally temporarily, temporary if they fail to organize. So I want you to hear that point because this, what, what Mr. McCulloch is doing is giving you a ramp off of tyranny onto a way to actually counterman tyranny. He says, the 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 the, uh, the bad leadership may result in disastrous set, setbacks, and they are likely to only be temporary setbacks if the overall organizational uh, structure remains intact. Likewise, the triumph of talented individuals will be equally temporary if they fail to organize. In other words, you can have a multiplicity of people who are really gifted, but their giftedness will be limited if they don't organize. Now that's a fundamental axiom. I'm often reminded of the German chieftain Arminius who totally destroyed three Roman legions at the battle of Teutoburg Forest in 9 AD. A prince of the Roman uh, of the Roman friendly uh, Cherisci tribe, uh, of the friendly uh, Cherusky tribe, he was educated in Rome and then sent back to Germania with the Roman politician and general Publius Quintilius Varus, who was tasked with completing the Roman conquest of the country and its tribes. So you got these three Roman legions going after a few small tribes. Notice this. From his close observation of the Romans and Varus in particular, Arminius had a pri- had privately come to the conclusion, this is one person, for all of their talk about civilization, law, and citizenship, the Romans were merely a rapacious, exploitative, and tyrannical bunch. And I want you to hear what Mr. McCulloch is saying, he's making application. For all their talk about civilization and law and citizenship, they were really nothing more than a rapacious, exploitative, and tyrannical bunch. In Arminius's estimation, Varys was little more than a glorified tax collector. Uh-oh, there you go. What was he? He was a, bu- a thug and a bully going into these smaller tribes, dominating them and forcing them to pay taxes. He goes on to say, before I take a break, and so, Arminius set about forming a secret rebel alliance of German tribes to set a trap for various 17th, 18th, and 19th legions. And so, Arminius set about forming a secret rebel alliance of German tribes to set a trap for various 17th, 18th, 19th legions. Under normal circumstances, these tribes and their leaders were fractious and uncooperative. But in 9 AD, their uniform resentment of Varus brought them, brought them happily together. Now, what do you think occurred, ladies and gentlemen, when these fractious groups came together and strategized on how to resist the tyrannical? overtake of a hypocritical government that loved to talk about law, civilization, and freedom, but really were nothing but exploitative thugs robbing people of their money. What do you think was the outcome? Well, we're going to talk about that when we come back. And of course, you can already hear, can't you? The application. Two lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. Two lines open. One, triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. Love to hear from you. Got to pay some bills. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, time is five thirty-five on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad to have you in the house with us again. Two lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to join the conversation, we are framing our thoughts for this first segment around a, uh, a story told of uh, a ninth century, uh, nine AD. This is uh, shortly after the birth of our Savior. Um, you know, he would have uh, been crucified in AD 33. This would have put him about 12 or 13 years old uh, at the time. So he would have uh, he would have been conscious of this battle taking place uh, in the area of uh, Britain, where the Roman Empire was trying to expand its power and authority. And what the author of this narrative says is that. Arminius, which was one of the tribesmen that uh, saw the these three legions coming to uh, to plunder and destroy his homeland, his plot was to um, develop bring together all the tribes, talk to them about a strategy to withstand these uh, these infiltries and notice what it says Arminius' plot was extraordinarily extraordinarily effective. Falling for a ruse de guerre, and it's probably some kind of uh, strategic tactic of diversion, Varus and his legions pressed deep into unfamiliar terrain. It's called now Lower Saxony. You know where that is. Where in in, in the uh, Isles of the Brits, where they were ambushed and totally destroyed. Now, all three legions to a man were wiped out when the emperor augustus and you guys know augustus was the ruling uh emperor during the time of uh of christ of his birth and you can read this in the gospel of luke augustus received word of the defeat he is said to have temporarily lost possession of his mind here's what he said <clears throat> all three legions totally destroyed how was it possible The Varian disaster was a demoralizing blow, prompting the Romans to abandon their ambition of conquering Germania, Germany. Nevertheless, the Romans, with their vastly superior organization, continued to rule much of Europe, North Africa and the Middle East for centuries to come. You guys know that the Roman Empire was the fourth beast of Daniel seven. Babylon, Medo-Persia, the Grecian kingdom, and ultimately the fourth beast was the Roman Empire. Its framework is what governs our world today in terms of its characteristics, its hostile, brutal, uh, villainous, complex system. We are dealing with a neo-Roman culture today uh, with all of its vileness and perversions and, and uh, polytheism and henotheism and, and out, outright wickedness. It is something that we recognize who can map the scriptures onto our present culture. We see it very clearly. He goes on to say, the German tribes, on the other hand, went back to their fractious ways. In other words, for a while, the group worked together to stave off, stave off. Fauci and his gang and Biden and his gang and, 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 and the World Economic Forum and their gang and, and, and Davos and their gang and, and, and the Club of Rome and their gang and all of the uh, smaller uh, monetarily dominant and, and techno dominant uh, entities that, that collaborate together on how to shape the world, modify the world and ultimately control the world. Don't we need something like that taking place today? smart arminiuses working together effectively to deal with and and refute and oppose the lies that come out of the neo-roman system telling us that they're all for law for order for discourse for freedom of speech for constitutional rights When in fact a matter, what they call diversity, equity and inclusion is nothing but a pseudo Marxist methodology for absolute control. Remember what we said? While they promise you liberty, really what they are doing is serving up bondage and total control. And I mean, this is true at every level. This is why what I gave you in the article around the stat. And I asked you, why is it that the FDA and the CDC? wants to now recommend statin. Now, everybody knows statin is a blood thinner and that it has serious side effects. It has been for a long time and no good thing ever comes out of keeping people on a prolonged regimen of statin. But why are they wanting to, like they're doing with all the vaccines now, wanting to give everybody, young people, old people, babies, statin? Um, I, I want to ask you that because you understand, again, statins is about um, decoagulating the blood. It's about thinning out the blood. Now, why would they do that? Does anybody know why they would do that? I have my reasons. And it starts like this. There was no reason to recommend statin in uh, 2017, nor 2018. There was no reason to suggest or even infer That children needed to be universally as an ongoing, uh, almost an ongoing health recommendation. Can you you imagine that? See, for me, ladies and gentlemen, I think our government thinks that we are so stupid that they can flat out lie to us over and over and over again with irrational policies like this one and think that we're going to buy it. I think this is a cover up. What do you think? And if you actually believe it's a cover up, what is it a cover up for? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two line. As I said, two lines are open. We are going to go to line number two and talk with James from the Bay. Line number two, James from the Bay. James, are you there? Yes, sir
1: are you doing? I'm doing well, man. it's just uh, so much out there. Uh, I don't even know where you start, but uh, <clears throat> at the top of the uh of the broadcast, you mentioned the uh you know tyranny that's going on you know all over the place in the way people are just not seeking the information. I mean they're not it's like they're not seeking the truth. And I'm like talking about from the church perspective. I, it, it's, I mean, it's incredible to me that the number of people are still wearing masks that are still accepting the mainstream media for the news, um, still part of like uh, how you how you spoke in the article about how McCullough said if you're an individual in the medical industry, uh, you're gonna not gonna do as well as a say a subpar person in a big organization right and i think i think we saw that but even when they did come together with like for example the great barrington you know then they're up against the the media i think that's the number one problem is the media right now because people are hypnotized by what they see coming across the mainstream media and in some social media platform and they just fail to look deeper, to dig deeper. It's almost like they just have to just
2: turn that off and not even go back to it again. I agree. Um, What do you think, so I have some other ideas and I'm sure you'll be able to um, immediately grasp after them because we're all trying to put together a framework for understanding what's going on and then give an answer. That's what we're supposed to do. The righteous study it to answer, to give an answer. I think that one of the areas or one of the largest hills that we are seeking to try to overcome, and you 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 have put your finger on it, James, and that is a media blackout of real discussion, real debate, real information. I think that is definitely what we're trying to overcome. Um, and yet, here's what I would state, and I'm going to take a break after this. Um, We don't ultimately need the media to bow down to us because we're carving out new paths of media information every day. It's becoming more and more ubiquitous, more and more obvious and more and more um, sought after by people who are hungry for reality. This is really the case. What's happening is a kind of divide that is taking place that will take on a threshold of obvious confrontation at a certain point. You you must know that they're definitely not the the uh, neo-Marxist. Um, sort of uh, communistic methodology of what what we might also call Operation Paperclip or Operation Mockingbird, which our CIA and FBI stole from Russia on how to take the media and turn it into a pravda to, um, to simply be a mouthpiece for its own agenda. They bended that. But uh, people around the world, as well as here in America, who know how to circumvent the um, the false orifice, the false oracle of our mainstream media will get enough data. This is why we know in the polls right now, there's a clear evidence of people starting to back away, totally back away from the mainstream narrative. It is not working at the level of them uh, suggesting policies. Now, it's one thing to suggest the policies and people don't respond, and this is what government governments know. It's another thing to create a so-called emergency and then force people to respond to policies anyway. Now, I'm going to hold you over. When I come back, I want you to answer the question. Why do you think the FDA, the CDC and the uh, government now wants to mandate that everybody takes statin, which is a clear anti uh, uh, coagulant, a blood thinner? Why do they want all of a sudden everybody taking that? I think it's a cover up for something. I want you to answer it. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline one 888 3675 329 one 888 We will be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. Indeed, we're back. Let's go back to line two and talk briefly with James. James, I wanted to give you the last word before we move to our next caller. What was your thoughts?
1: Well, my thought is the only reason why they would even want everybody to be on something. They're obviously trying to cover up something. I mean, it's like they're covering up. I mean, the embalming industry has already started exposing what's been going on when they, obviously when they've attempted to embalm people, you know, they're not even them because what's even inside of people, it's not even blood, it's not even like human. It's like they're pulling out like fibers, you know what I mean? You've seen it. So the things that they're, Prescribing is not going to help anyway. What it's to green. Really trying to try to cover this it. is just going to cover up, but it's not. It's going to cause something else to happen. I mean, me myself personally, I don't have any trust in the AMA at all, ever yeah. the they have hijacked, you know, the AHA, the holistic, you know, what God intended for to heal his people. You know, they just took that over and just start filling them up with chemicals, and they've been doing it, you know, ever since. So, yeah, this is a, another. Feet or attempt to, again, control the mass, the organization, you know, the, the organization, the HMOs, the uh, HMOs or whatever they are, the PMOs, wherever they have you, the big organizations. So sure. people have to go to smaller doctors like, like the, uh, the the American Frontline doctors, the, 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 the telecare doctors, people that are kicking against, that are going against the mainstream narrative and are actually... Helping people, actually hearing people, those that we have to seek those out. So, the answer to your question, yeah, they're covered. I don't know exactly what it is they plan on trying to cover up. And I also think you're also trying to use this to see really how many people they have under their control and which people aren't going to bow the knee and follow after them. So, like you say, the divide.
2: I, I love it. It's, it's very good. <clears throat> Your observations are good. Of course, I'm going to expand on them in the second hour. Thank you for that clear insight, my dear brother. they are covering up the COVID scam, covering up the injuries that have come through the jab, because it was even known by Pfizer before they even gave out the jabs, that there would be massive thrombosis, massive uh, blood clotting, massive, massive blood clotting. And as you stated, it's not normal blood clotting. Something else is going on. This statin won't stop that. That's why folks are dying everywhere by sudden adult death syndrome and athletes all over the world have fallen uh, fallen down by 250% after getting the jab. We know what they're doing. They're covering it up. Let me go to line number three and talk with Nellie. Nellie on line three. Are you there?
3: Yes, I am.
2: How can we help you?
3: Yes, I was wondering if you could um, um, tell me the, uh, your email Let's say it slowly so I could write it down because I've been wanting to have it, and then I'll tell you my question.
2: Okay, it's gbc girl boy cat hey, Hayward at gmail.com. dot com. GBC boy girl cat. GBC just gbc Hayward at gmail dot com.
3: Okay. All right. And then um you were mentioning um the injuries from from the jab. Yes, ma'am. Um I'm really interested in in going on a website to to get the correct information because I know you don't hear um or see any of this information on on the news. But where can I go to see like um the injuries for, for youth and for adults from from the jab?
2: If you email me, I will send you three prominent sites. I will okay. send you three prominent sites that will help you with professional information around it. Um, the first one will be Children's Health Defense. There's no doubt about it. They do an excellent job Um, Of giving you the data and the information real time. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is hated and despised by everybody on the planet. But that's how God's servants are. The other one I'm going to give you is called the high wire. Dot com as well. The High Wire telling them do an excellent job. They stay on top of it. They have a law firm that is fighting massive suits. So is J. J uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. And I love both of them because they're not just complaining. They're doing something about it. And then I will also send you another organization. Uh, the full name and accurate name doesn't come to me yet, but it will. And I'll send it to you. But there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens, I would say hundreds of really good sites of professionals, of doctors that can actually explain what's going on to you. And you will see it with your own eyes, um, Nelly, if if you really want to know. And you will come to discover that a lot of people have been trying to tell us the truth about these things for a long time, including yours truly. This is why I haven't stopped, because we know now that we were right from the beginning. We weren't speculating. We weren't trying to create hype. We weren't trying to create division. We weren't trying to cause people to be harmed. We were simply blowing the whistle On what we knew was inconsistencies in the statements of the CDC, the statements of the FDA, the statements of Fauci and his cohorts. And they have now proven to be faulty. And our media has yet to acknowledge this and uh, and and, and course correct. But while we have a free microphone and a free nation um, uh, in terms of uh, communication and talk, we're going to continue to do that. That's my job to uh, blow the whistle and point men and women to repentance and faith in Christ, not to let you perish uh, because of ignorance. That's what Paul says. I would not have you ignorant, my brethren. And uh, so I'd be more than willing to share that with you. And I'll send you over dozens of presentations, my dear sister, dozens of presentations that can help you. I'm, I'm surprised that this late in the, um, in the whole um, uh, COVID uh, pandemic, that you are still in need of resources. Why would that be?
3: Yeah, because they're hiding the truth. They don't. They don't state those things on the on the news because they don't want people to know.
2: It's really true. Uh, do you know anyone that has uh, taken the jab and been harmed?
3: I do. Yeah. I, I actually do. Um, one of my aunts, um, she had a, a stroke. Yeah. Um, I have two two girl cousins, and they're both in charge of taking care of her. One yeah. told her not to take it, and the other one took her to get it done. And um, it's so sad that you know she had a she had a stroke, and uh, she was uh, in her bedroom like for three days. And this was when it was really hot without any, no drink, no food, nothing. It was by a miracle of God that, um, that we just thought something was, was, you know, strange that she was not answering the phone. And I called my cousin, she's in another state. And I said, can you please check on your mother because she's not answering the phone? There's something wrong. And, you know, we are just so thankful that she's still alive. And then Amen. there's another family that I actually put him on a three-way call with this family so that they could compare because he says, you know, um, I didn't believe that, you know, that you could get injured by, by the job, but, but now seeing my wife that, she walks and she feels dizzy and she can't, you know, she can't drive anymore. She can't function. Now, I'm a believer that that the jab does injure you. Amen. Because she was fine before she got the jab and now she is not OK. And,
2: and what you are stating, Nellie. Many of us know the stats are out. I love Doctor uh, Peter McCullough because he's such a professional and he renders the stats to people. I'm going to send you his Substack as well. But he they, they render the stats every day. And uh, what 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 Big Pharma knew, what what Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Moderna knew was that there were over 1,200 symptoms, including stroke, that they knew would be the possible consequence of this jab. They knew it. Over 1,200 symptoms, everything from strokes to um, to paralysis to um, weakness of the muscles to the twitching to the blood clots. It's absolutely horrendous. And when I send you over these presentations, you will see them for yourself, and uh, including massive, massive death. And what we are worried about now are the long-term implications of this. And uh, it's super sad. None of us are happy about it. None of us are joyous to be right. This is not about being right. This is about telling the truth so we can stop our government from a second round of uh, what will probably be defined in several decades as a medical genocidal um, strategy that had no reason for existing whatsoever. At all, so thank you for the call. Email me; we will get you that information. Um, you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you're new, like Nelly is, give me a call. I want to hear from you too. Don't mind our old time uh, listeners, but would love to hear from you. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. See, Nelly knows the truth. Um, The stats are in and they said it long ago until you know somebody that has been injured, until you are yourself injured. If you live in a uh, normalcy bias where you just won't believe it until you see it for yourself, they said it would happen in the first couple of years. And here we are now. The stats are in. One out of four people know someone that is injured from the jab explicitly. This is not a doubt. This is not a guess. This is a fact. Uh, As much as one, one wants to argue correlation and causation are mutually exclusive principles, logic says if somebody sticks something in you and over a period of time you have symptoms and consequences that did not ever exist before someone stuck something in you, it is logical and highly probable that there is a correlation. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. We will not lose our mind in this Orwellian system we live in by the grace of God. I'll be right back. Three-star general
0: Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's